you can unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you can unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. Rocket. Rates current as a 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. Anomalous consumer access. Not over 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information. With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo Five O. Mojo Five O. We will make America great again. Sam Sorbo. Welcome to the Sam Sorbo Show. I'm your host, Sam Sorbo, here on Mojo50.com. Thanks so much for joining me. We're going to talk about Howard Stern being on the attack. Bill Gates is on the attack. Attack, attack, attack. It seems like there's just a lot of acrimony in the marketplace of ideas. Uh, and uh, we're also going to talk about the economic ramifications. Why is the American farmer under attack? That's what I want to know. And uh, to that end, I've brought my friend and expert on the show, Kevin Freeman, is the host of the Economic War Room with Kevin Freeman on Blaze TV. He's considered an expert on economic warfare, having written two best-selling books on the subject. He served as a Pentagon consultant and a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy. His writings and programs can be found at economicwarroom.com. So, welcome to the program, first and foremost. Thank you, Sam. Always good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to speak with you. You're you're so knowledgeable on this stuff. And I, um, I reached out before the show to talk about... Uh, a second subject that just came across my radar again. It's it's these words that that float around every so often that seem we'll get into that. But first, let's talk about the American farmer. Now, uh, just to set this up, California has been anti-farming for many decades now, right? Uh, no question. They've cut off water. They have uh, really isolated the farmer in California. Right. Isolated and starved, or, you know, dehydrated, let's say, uh, because of all the restrictions and because of that pesky little Delta smelt, which is a fish that is not indigenous to California. But for some reason, that fish is not the usurper. The American farmer is. Now we're seeing that farmers are being targeted throughout the United States. I've, I saw a post of, a, I guess, a Texas cattle rancher. Who who posted? Hey guys, you know we need to figure this out because if we don't, they're asking me to destroy cat. They're asking him to destroy cattle rather than pr- uh, process it as food. Destroy cattle in the midst of a potential global famine. Yes, in the midst. That, 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 right. So the second part of that is, by the way, folks, everything's disrupted, and there might not be food on the shelves. We just don't know. How soon, how quickly we can recover, and they're asking him to destroy food. Didn't they grow up with mothers who said there are starving children in India? <laughs> I mean, what? Sorry, go ahead. I guess not. <laughs> no, it, it, you're exactly right. We had Mitzi Perdue, who was the past president of the Ag Women of America, which is a 44,000 uh, member group. Uh, she is the uh, widow of Frank Perdue, who was the chicken sure. farmer. Frank Purdue, very famous, and actually she's an interesting lady because she's also the daughter of the founder of the Sheraton Hotel chain. But she knows and loves the American farmer. Uh, she, she works with it. She's in that business herself, 
And the reality of it is, is we have such sophisticated supply chains developed in the United States that when a farmer grows food, it's destined for one place or another. For example, uh, there are for, uh, dairy farmers that produce milk that goes into the little cartons that go into the schools. That dairy farmer cannot immediately switch to producing the gallon jugs that go into the supermarkets. They're stuck. They don't have a supply of the materials to put it in. They don't have the distribution points and so forth. And so that dairy farmer is now dumping milk because it can't get to children while there are people starving, which is crazy. But that's the way the nature of our sophisticated supply chain. The only answer for this is... To, to well, we have food that goes to restaurants, and restaurants aren't serving customers. So the only answer is to get our economy restarted. That's the demand of, of the rancher you saw in Texas. We put together a very uh, sophisticated explanation show uh, that will air today on the Economic War Room, and it will demonstrate exactly how and why we can solve this problem. But if we don't, you know, you bleeding heart uh, leftist progressives saying we have to keep our economy shut down because there may be an 87-year-old person, and, you know, my heart goes out to them. I, my father's 84. Yeah, I don't but, want okay. my father to Let's get Let's just sick. say we don't even have to go to that specific. We're, we're trading lives now. We're not – oh, no, and, no, and But so, we're trading them one for 50, one for 100. We're going to lose 100 so you're lives. Saying, right. You're saying that the scales have now tipped tipped. And so, uh, you know, I want to be careful when we say we have no other choice or there's no there's no way for them to pivot. They can pivot, but will they die in the process? And that's right. That's the main question is, sure, the you know, it's funny because we never think we're not taught to think, frankly, we're not we're schooled. We're not educated. We never think sort of downstream. What are the downstream repercussions? So Fauci said we have no choice. We have to shut down everything and social distance. and, And that's the only option, which is horrible because it wasn't the only option. And but people weren't taught to question. So we just sort of accepted that, Okay, well, if we're gonna if we're gonna get rid of the disease, that's the only option. It was that's that's incorrect. It was one option. Maybe we could have maybe we should have taken a two week holiday. Like, let's let's see if we can flatten the curve. We'll do it for two weeks and see what happens. But instead, we just went on this rampage of shutting everything down. And now we have governors who are either too timid to open back up again or too statist to desire to open back up again. And these supply chains that no one gave two cents thought to. No one, no one considered them at all. But you're right. I'm thinking now the supply chain for the schools, food for the schools, that comes from one, you know, not, not a single entity, but that comes from one type of entity, right? There isn't another, they're not supplying food. Who, who says the people that supply food for the schools are supplying the restaurants? Show a show of hands. Like who believes that, right? So those suppliers are only going into the schools. The same thing with the milk. And I, I love that example. They're making the small cartons of milk. And they can't, they can, they can pivot over time. They can revamp their entire system. But of course, they weren't told to do that. They were told, hey, just sit tight and lose money and destroy product while we wait this thing out. What are we waiting for? For the virus to morph so that we have no immune system again? What, what are we waiting for, in fact? Well, there are two two big issues. One of them is is that because of the decisions being made right now today, there will be people 
that will die in Africa. Africa is suffering under drought. Africa is suffering under locust plague. And now this pandemic means that the American farmers are not able to, to produce for overseas consumption. And the other problem is is the uncertainty. The American farmer does not know, is America open for business or are we going to be closed for another 18 months, which is what some are asking to do. So they don't know how to pivot. Nobody has told exactly. them you should get back to business right now. They will pivot, and it will take time. But But the choice is it's planting season. Am I going to plant sweet corn, right. which people will eat, or am I going to plant hog feed? Okay. That's their choice. Wow. And, and if they plant hog feed, which is the one that they can put stably up in the barn and save, you know, so it's feed corn, they can save that, they can preserve it. That makes the most economic sense, but it means people will die. And the farmer who is a giving person, you know, all across this nation, there are farmers that are giving people, they've dedicated their lives and they have the most sophisticated challenges. You know, Mike Bloomberg said, you know, oh, what a farmer, oh, yeah. you know, all you do is poke a hole in the ground, drop a seed yeah. in and, and put dirt in water. That's why no. people starved over centuries, Mike. Come on. Yes. What an idiotic state. I'm sorry. I just have no tolerance for idiots. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so he, he says that. And that's unfortunately a lot of the policymakers, the governors and everybody else are farming. But nobody, just adjust. Yeah, nobody considers. No, Nobody is. We have not been taught to ask the next question. We haven't been Second order effects. Right? Second order effects, tertiary effects. And so, you know, you were talking about the American farmer, but what does that mean? That means his whole chain of command withers on the vine as well. Because if he decides to plant seed, uh, to plant uh, feed corn instead of consumer corn, the consumer's going to starve. The, the supply chain into the supermarket won't have anything to deliver because he's going to stockpile his feed corn. By the way, the feed corn industry will be decimated because it won't be worth anything because everybody's planting feed corn now. And so supply and demand, there's way too much of it. It's crazy what we are doing. And they're killing animals that won't be able to, there right. won't be animals to eat it because they're having to euthanize animals and euthanize chickens. All of this because we shut down in an unexpected way, and and the farmer does every job that the most sophisticated business person in America does. They have to plan market planning and all of this. They use very high-tech versions of farming, but then they also go out and do the manual labor all day. They do both. They are true American patriots. They've kept us alive and they've fed the world. And now we've told them, you sit down, shut up and wait till we tell you what to do. And by the way, who's telling them that? People who don't know crap, because people who haven't run a business, run a farm, they people like Mike Bloomberg. Yeah, he made a lot of money. That doesn't make him the smartest man in the world. And so for him to come out and say, there's nothing, you know, you can teach a peasant to farm. uh, You. You might be able to teach somebody to farm, Mike, but it, you can't. <laughs> yeah, no. He said it requires no gray matter. He has no idea. And the reality of it is is that these farmers want to do what's right, but they have a deadline. There is a planting season. You can't say, well, let's just stay closed right. another two to three weeks. Right. There is a deadline, and they're having to face that deadline right now, what's and they're the making answer? decisions. The answer is we restart now, and I, we put a data tool on our um, website. It's restartnow.io, which shows that you can go on a county-by-county county basis and say which counties could be opened immediately with virtually no 
negative health impact. And in fact, it'd have a net positive health impact because you know that the yeah. risk of suicide is greater than right. COVID. And we know county by county, and they should do it immediately. And the farmer would say, hey, we're getting restarted. Let's go back to work. And not that the farmer stopped working. The farmer's work has been the most tragic work of their lives, recently dumping food that they know that people could use, but they have no way to transport it. They have no way to package it. They have no way to process it, and they have no way to get it to the people. But there will be people in various parts of the world, poor nations of the planet, that will die because we had this shutdown. And more people will die from that, I predict, than COVID if we don't get back to work now. Well, the good news is um, there are no more flu deaths because apparently COVID is a cure for the flu. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, people are dying in their homes of heart problems exactly. and other things because they can't get out to the doctor. There was a car accident. They go and they test. Oh, there's antibodies. He got killed in the car accident. Well, chalk it up to a COVID death. Right. We've been doing all sorts of phony baloney stuff with this instead of facing this uh, right on. Let We've been using it for a political football. Farmers, farmers shouldn't pay attention. They should just go about their lives like what i i don't understand why there isn't more civil disobedience you know there's a there's a tailor in brooklyn i think it's brooklyn but maybe the bronx um or anyway in new york city and he said i'm 78 years old i'm staying open for business i'm opening for business i think he shut down for a few weeks but then he said you know what i'm done with this I'm open for business. I'll have one person in the store with me. We'll wear masks and gloves, but all of my customers are welcome. We will keep, we will keep people outside if we need to so we don't overcrowd the store. Um, I, I provide a vital business. In fact, my business is essential. You know who's it's essential to? Me. Yeah. How dare they no, tell me good. that I'm not essential? Why don't we have That's more a- civil disobedience? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Well, for the farmers, the problem is is that there's no place to put the goods that they're producing, and they will rot, and, and it will cause problems. So they're having to right. work overtime trying to take care of the food. But and, you're right. And well, by the, the way, America needs to open up. What is the – so let's just talk sort of – just if, if you have any of the figures. The cost of uh, doing the planting now, like what is that as a percentage of his – his yearly outlay, like, well, like how big of a decision is this? I mean, I know it's, it's a decision. So, so we talked about a binary choice, like either a feed corn or sweet corn, but it's, it's probably more than that. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But as in terms of his, uh, his livelihood, the, the this, outlay that he would. This is Christmas to a retailer. Right. This is right, right. now. This is Christmas. To, this is the single most important time. This and harvest. And, and, and you don't get an extra two or three days to watch to see if the curve flattened a little bit. And, and by all means, uh, you know, we did a whole show on the seven steps to restart the economy. We talked about sheltering the vulnerable. We talked about using a data-driven approach. We talked about the safe things we can do to protect because I absolutely want people protected. I don't want people dying of COVID at all. And I believe we should make smart decisions. But today, this day is like uh, like first day of Black Friday for the Christmas holiday season. This is that important to a farmer. And and every day that passes makes it less likely that they will be able to bring the harvest in. By the way, that, that it's that important to everyone. We just don't realize it. And and that's right. And I'm just so frustrated with the state of our it's really our education that people aren't asking these tough questions. This was my first question when when this first came down, because I heard 
I'm, now I'm now I'm thinking that it was um, Emmanuel who said we have no choice. And when I heard that, my ears perked because I'm like, well, of course we have a choice. You always have a choice. There's there's always a choice. Uh, but they don't want us to believe that there is a choice. They want us to believe that they're making the right decision. The problem is that the decision makers don't have enough facts and don't know enough to ask the right questions. I think that this period in time will go down at, you know, hindsight, right? will go down as extreme lunacy because now the statistics are coming in. Even now the statistics are coming in that this thing is no worse than the flu, than a bad flu. Okay, a bad flu. We had a bad a flu really two bad years flu. ago and we did nothing about it. 61,000 people died three years ago. Yeah, a really, a really bad flu. But, but, and it's novel so that it means no one has any immunity and there's no vaccine for it. I mean, there's a whole lot of reasons for that. But don't think that, that, that we've been caught unsurprised by this. There are individuals who are on the far progressive left who have game planned this in advance. They, they did it back in November. They've done it at Davos. And even George Soros talked about this uh, in a CNBC, CNBC article where Soros says, hey, President Trump, guess what? There's a disaster coming before your election, so don't get too excited about the stock market. They knew this was coming, and they game planned. I don't believe anyone I, you know, escaped from a lab, maybe. I don't think it was purposeful. I don't think it was a bioweapon. Uh, but wh- however it started, there was a game plan on the progressive left to use this crisis in order to affect their agenda. And so the strategy, we have no choice, that was a part of the game plan. We have to do this, we have to do this, we have to do this. And I believe that absolutely, and I think there's a lot of evidence to support it. Yeah, more importantly, you have to do what I tell you to do. That's the most important part of this. And so that brings us to Cloward Piven. So Cloward Piven, to to refresh people's minds if they need the refreshment, uh, and I I did, you know, I hear this name and then I hear it again and... uh, um, it, it sort of comes around every few years. It's it's like, whoa! Remember that strategy is a political strategy. Comes from about uh, the mid '60s, and it were these two sociologists, Cloward and Piven, and it calls for overloading the U.S. public welfare system, or basically overloading an economic system to lead to a crisis. And then we can replace the economic system with something that is sort of more what they call equitable, right? Uh, it, they right. actually spoke of guaranteed, uh, guaranteed annual income or a UBI, universal basic income, which is actually what we're having right now. We're just going to, the government's just going to send you a check for the month. Right. They did it. They, they actually implemented their strategy and serious people are considering uh, doing exactly what they suggested we do back in 1966. Andrew Chang dropped out a little early, right? Right. He, he could be running on this right now. The problem is people don't like it. And I, I just read a report. I think it's uh, Waltz is the governor of Minnesota, and he's got a big problem because he's a statist. And Minnesota, people are no longer obeying so the first the first Sunday, it's several a few Sundays ago, like traffic was down sixty eight percent or something, but the next Sunday it was down like forty percent, and then last Sunday tra- normal traffic patterns were down maybe twenty five percent. You see, people are they're getting antsy, they're getting tired of this, and we need to get the message out that it's it's time, 
It's time for you to go back. It, and it's time to not be afraid. I'm so sick of being like suspicious of people, like people looking at me. I don't wear masks. Uh, it's not it's not mandated here. Um, we need to get back, folks, and we need to learn a lesson. And I'm afraid that we're going to just get back to work and not learn the lesson. What do you think? Well, first off, we're getting antsy. The origin of the word quarantine uh, is a period of 40 days derived from the Latin, uh, which means 40. Oh. The bottom line is 40 days of isolation. <laughs> yeah, well, 40 days, Jesus. <laughs> right. Jesus went for 40 days. Noah, 40 days. You know, it, it really does talk about the stretch of how long a human can um, handle isolation. That's, how, that's about how long. And, and the idea is that that we've hit our forty days, so of course people are antsy. People want to get back to work, and I'm, you know, I don't have a problem. I'll wear a mask outside. I don't like the idea of, of mandatory. But if I were ill, and I don't, you know, a person can't tell if they are or not with this disease, so I got no problem with wearing masks or doing some isolation. But we've got to get our economy restarted. And if I live in rural Idaho and there's no cases or or right. two cases in the county. Why in the world am I shut down? Is it because they lack ventilators in New York City? Right. That's what we're being told. That's stupid. That we can go county by county, right. restartnow.io, and we can look and we can say in this county there's plenty of ventilators. Nobody, Very few people have diabetes. Very few people have high blood pressure. Most of the population is young. We could restart that county right now. And the perfect example of this, the tragedy is – when we saw uh, Vice President Pence give the commencement announcement for the Air Force Academy, there were two, two of the finest seniors in America absent. Why? Because they'd been so isolated that they took their own lives. And the net result was two young people who would have no sickness whatsoever. They'd had no problem with COVID. Even if they got it, the statistical odds of them having a negative impact from it are zero. And they're dead. They're dead because of the extreme isolation and the panic and the fear. And they took their own lives. And that's happening all across America. And, you know, the number one signal for uh, for suicide, one of the top contributing factors is poverty. And we're creating excess poverty. This is this is the Cloward Piven strategy. Yeah. It is absolutely overwhelmed the system. And it is absolutely then uh, forced the system to go their direction with basic income and so forth. But it it is wrong. We've got to reverse it. We've got to get people back to work and being productive parts of society. We've got to break the poverty cycle. We've got to save lives in Africa. So if you're a far left progressive, I'm telling you, this strategy <laughs> is killing people. Yeah, I wish they would listen to the show. I, I have my doubts, though. <laughs> uh, Kevin Freeman. The name of the website is economicwarroom.com. That's his website. His writings, programs can be found there. Uh, you're brilliant. I really appreciate you coming on. Give us the, give us the um, get back to work site that you've got going because that, that has all this, the statistics on it. And then I just want to encourage people, go back to work. Open your shops. Open your shops. Let them come. You know, what, what, what really got me was when they came for the worshipers. And the worshipers, specifically the ones who stayed in their cars, and the police approached the car. I wouldn't have opened my window. I would have been inside the car, and I would have said, yep, six feet, guy, six feet. You got to keep yeah. your six feet. I'm keeping mine. Screw yep. that. You want to issue me a ticket, write it, and put it on my windshield. I'm not opening my window to you. Do you know what I mean? How dare they? 
And, and I really wish that the American people would understand there is such a thing as civil disobedience when it goes beyond the pale. And that was beyond the pale. You, you're right, Kevin. You know, if, if you have any risk of carrying the disease, OK, wear a mask, wear some gloves and just but get about the business of this. These United States. Here's the thing. The statistics are coming in and it's no worse than the flu. They told us that it was more contagious than the flu. They don't know that. They've never tested general public for the flu. <laughs> they can't possibly know. They told us it was two million deaths. They're so far wrong. I don't I don't trust them anymore. Global warming, global cooling, global change. They're change they change they and then they move the goalpost. We just want to flatten the curve. Well, now we just want to keep you in your homes to keep you safe. We just want to completely uh, annihilate the economy so that the Democrats can win in the fall. What's their goal? We got to look at you, that. Sorry, go ahead. I think I think you nailed it. It's Cloud Piven, and it, it was game planned in advance. The website is restartnow.io. It is not funded by government. It is not funded by big data. It's funded by patriots. There's an Indiegogo campaign. You can find it on that site. If you want to give $9 and say, I want to hear, see um, all the country opened up, because we've done the data on uh, maybe 15 different states. We're doing them as fast as we can, and we're doing it out of the goodness of our hearts. These are patriotic engineers who are doing this. I'm promoting it for them. Restartnow.io, and you can see exactly how many lives would be saved if we start opening using a data-driven approach, county by county, and we should do it right now. So we, we, it could use help. Uh, Restartnow.io. I'm there right now. It's a. It, it looks great. Restartnow.io. I love it. And the IO is actually. Uh like the start button. Very clever. Uh, okay, Kevin Freeman, by the way, you can tune in to the Blaze TV. When does your show air so people know? Uh, we, we release a regular show every Thursday. It's like a Netflix. But to but today we're releasing a special episode. It'll be out, out at noon, and that will have the whole story of the farmers with Mitzi Purdue. Noon Eastern. Yes. Perfect. All right, everybody, you've heard you heard it from uh, the horse's mouth, so to speak. Kevin Freeman, thanks so much for coming on the program. Great speaking with you. Thanks, Sam. My goodness. Yeah, I'm still aggravated, folks. I'm I'm still working on this. <laughs> working on my anger management. <laughs> so it's so not like me. So not like me. But I got. But I. Here's the thing. <sighs> okay. Have you ever been? in a relationship with somebody who you love. Maybe they're terribly gifted, a gifted singer or an artist or just a gifted mathematician, just somebody who really, you admire them. They've got so much talent, just so much talent in their little finger. And they're, they're an alcoholic or they're depressed or they're, troubled somehow and so they self-sabotage and you're like you shouldn't do that you should stop drinking you're a good person you're so talented I wish I, I wish I had half the talent that you, I wish I had one percent of the talent that you have I want you to live I want you to be everything that you can be you have so much potential you're killing yourself That's how I feel about the United States of America. 
that's how I feel. And I feel like my United States of America has made friends with a whole gang of people who are whispering in her ear, you're worthless. You don't matter. You don't have talent. You can't do this. Slavery. I can't even think of anything else. What else do they what else do they whisper in her ear? Slavery. Inequality. Social justice. Feminism. It's all lies. It's all lies. Is she perfect? No. No, your friend is not perfect. And you know she's not perfect. And you say, yes, I admit, you're not perfect. But you're so talented. You have so much to offer the world. You're so gifted. You're incredibly blessed. Look at the talent that God bestowed on you. You're an amazing person. But no, no. All of her friends, the other friends, the ones that you can't somehow interdict, they're whispering in her ear, you're worthless. And so she's killing herself. She is literally starving herself, self-mutilating. Yeah, okay, that's how I feel. Well, I'm glad we got that settled. Now we're going to move on. Deep breath. Cloward Piven, folks. Cloward Piven. Just uh, Cloward Piven. Just remember. Howard Stern. I thought this was fabulous. He's a lefty, right? Oh, my goodness. He envisions a Jonestown ending for President Trump supporters. He went to work after uh, a week off. It's past Monday. And he raged about the president's suggestion last week. And by the way, he didn't hear the president. He heard about the president from somebody, some left-wing media that filtered whatever the president said. Excuse me. Uh, I should keep tissues in here. I don't have any. Um, you know, the president said something about absorbing disinfectants, that there might be a way to inject them somehow. He was talk, talking off the cuff. Uh, but here's, the th- here's what's funny about this. <laughs> the left is complaining that the president says these stupid, stupid things because they haven't learned that he talks off the cuff. And sometimes the stuff that he says isn't actually literal. But they refuse to learn. No, I'm going to be stupid and I'm going to I'm going to interpret what he says literally every single time because he needs to talk down to my level. I don't need to raise myself to his level. You see what I'm saying? And so Howard Stern heard that he said something about disinfectants and he, he he just said, well, then America might be great again if Trump supporters got together and chugged Clorox, starting with the president. He said, I would love it if Donald would get on TV and take an injection of Clorox and see if his, and let's see if his theory works. Hold a really big rally, say, F this coronavirus with all of his followers. Let them hug each other and kiss each other, each other and have a big, big rally. And then they, then they, Robin Quivers, who's his co-host, I guess, suggested making it a dark cocktail party. 
A big cocktail of disinfectant. Yeah, Stern agreed, and I'll take disinfectant and I'll drop dead. Okay, folks, this is the left. This is how they feel about you. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're left and right. They don't care. That's how they feel about other human beings. I'm important. Screw you. That's how the left feels. Because they're leftists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in personal sovereignty. And the weird thing is, they treat you like you have sovereignty. They treat you as if you do make your own decisions, but they don't believe you do. They believe that you're just a collection of atoms. Random molecules, random chemical reactions. Thank you, Howard Stern, for showing us who the left is. Unbelievable. All right. I do have a 10 o'clock, and uh, somehow the phone didn't didn't ring, so we're going to call back. Are you ready? Pardon my, pardon my nose. Okay, so, and there, there they are. Hello. All right. This is the Sam Sorbo show calling, and I I beg your pardon for missing your call coming in, but I was on a bit of a rant. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Uh, just trying to. Did I call the right number? I got yeah, an answering exactly. machine. That's All not right, the way so. these things usually work. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're joining us right now is my friend Curtis Ellis. He's a former senior policy advisor for Donald Trump. He also serves as the executive director for the American Jobs Alliance. He's been fighting against communist China taking American jobs and manufacturing his entire career. Curtis, we've had this conversation before. It seems more pertinent now than ever. I think it's an important conversation that we have right now. We need to stop sending China our money and our jobs. We absolutely do. And we have had this conversation before. And we really had to expend a lot of energy and breath convincing people. But now people understand that it's really not a good idea to be entirely dependent on another country for the things we need for our life, like medicine, like protective gear for our doctors, and everything else. Uh, look, China is responsible for this pandemic. That's where it came from. We're learning more about it every day, but it's clear that it came out of a laboratory or someplace in Wuhan, China. And if we want to stop this from ever happening again, we have to bring our jobs back, but we also have to stop sending China our money. Yesterday, President Trump said, China's going to pay for this. We're going to extract a substantial sum of money to pay for the damages. Every dollar that China would possibly give us, and I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for them to give us money, is money that we sent them in the first place. When we sent them our jobs, when we buy things in aisle six of Walmart, when we buy things on Amazon, when we buy things made in China, when our government sends them money, whether it's through the, the World Bank or the or through World funding, Health Organization. Or through funding the Wuhan laboratory where they concocted the coronavirus, maybe? And that was all, that was all Dr. Fauci's idea. Yes. Oh, what a brilliant idea. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the other yeah, thing, Curtis, exactly. is we have to stop educating them. Let them, go to, let them go to university back home in China. Why are we allowing them to come here and get educated so they can take... 
they can take the the height of education back to China to help China. I'm sorry. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I've been done with done it for with a it. while. Why are we normalizing communism? Exactly. Thank you very much. Communists lie, cheat, and steal. And that's what the Chinese Communist Party has done for the last 30 years with America. Oh, we're going to be your friends. Just give us your factories. Give us your money. Here, teach us how to do viral research. It's all going to be good. We're going to be friends. We're going to become, look, we have to wash our hands to protect ourselves from the virus. And we have to wash our hands of China to protect ourselves from the communist virus the virus of communism. And what (laughs) we're saying at the American Jobs Alliance is boycott China. Every chance you get, every chance you get, don't buy something made in China. Now, look, it would be ideal if you could buy something made in the United States instead, but that's not reality. But that doesn't stop us from not buying China. Mm. Buy the T-shirt made in Honduras instead of the T-shirt made in China. Buy the the high fashion made anywhere but China. Anywhere but China. And I'm telling people, go to getoutofchina.us. Getoutofchina.us and you can get a window sticker, a bumper sticker that you can put in your car. You can get a bunch of them, give them to your friends. Put them everywhere because what we're saying, this message is a message to our government. Stop rolling over and giving China money to do bat research, to uh, (laughs) loans for the World Bank. Put some backbone in these excuses for human beings that have been populating Congress and handing out our money and putting out the welcome mat to the Communist Party of China. And apologizing. Heroes like Cotton. Uh, Rubio, Josh Hawley, President Trump is the first one to stand up and say, China's not our friend. Put a tariff on them. Get those, get that stuff out of China back here. We need to put some backbone in the rest of these Congress critters up there. And that's what a boycott China sticker on the card does. It sends a message to them. And it sends a message to weasels like Tim Cook over at Apple, who's like, makes everything in China, everything. Get your manufacturing out of China. I've got an iPhone 6. I am not going to upgrade this. I'm not going to buy an iPhone 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, or 27 until he stops making this stuff in China. If you're going to buy a TV set, buy a Samsung TV set, one that's made in Korea or Taiwan, anywhere but China. I'd love to see it made in the United States. That's not happening. I understand that. It should be. Oh, don't say, don't say it, it's not happening. Don't say it doesn't happen now. It, it will happen. It is it, happening more and more. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I've seen uh, I've seen reports that you and actually there was a blog post went to Walmart, was looking for X, you know, a wastebasket or something. The one mm-hmm. made in China was ten dollars. But but with a little further effort, I found one over in stationery that was really actually nicer. And it was only five dollars and it was made in the U.S., so I bought that one. Great. So you can just do a little bit of research and discover. But the other thing is I've also heard that now China's just shipping their clothes to Vietnam and putting Vietnam stickers on them. Or, That's um, right. Right? So That's why we need to have that made in America because a yeah. lot of cheating and lying and stealing goes on over. It's hard to keep track when it's on the other side of the Pacific. Right. And then the other thing is, of course, you know, made in Italy by Chinese people. <laughs> That's right. That's right. A lot of this, right, high fashion Italian. You know, Italy is synonymous with high fashion Armani, you know. Yeah, but they all, uh, no, no. that's, it, part, that's why they got decimated. Right, they got decimated. Uh, Italy's right, been decimated exactly right. because they imported not just Chinese workers, but the flu as well. 
And then the Chinese, can you believe it? The Chinese uh, propagandists were sending Chinese people out into the streets of Milan saying, hug a Chinese to show you're not racist. It's it's it's. The videos are out there on. on well, the mayor, uh, the the mayor yeah. of Florence and the mayor of uh, I can't remember the other city went went online, did a video, said we love Chinese people, let's hug, and then he hugged the Chinese person who was kind of weirdly weirded out by it. It was funny. It's actually a very funny video. It's worth worth watching. Uh, but uh, you know, but even in even in the United States, we had Pelosi go down to Chinatown. De Blasio was like, "Hey, hug a Chinese person, have some this fun." This is you know. about the Chinese Communist Party. You, we know that, uh, Sam. You know that. I know that. This is not about Chinese people. The Chinese Communist Party tries to make it synonymous. Oh, if you if you're against the Chinese government, you must be a racist. That is a lie. That's another lie. The Chinese Communist Party is imprisoning the chinese people they've okay. turned that country that's true we so so i struggle with this i have to say and and so i want to i want to talk with you about this because yeah. to win world war ii churchill demonized the entire german populace and mm-hmm. it was a very clear choice he knew if he just demonized the nazis people would struggle with attacking germany do you know what I mean? Like they'd struggle with, right. well, what do we do? And so all Germans bad. Right. Um, here's the problem. The Chinese people tolerate their government. I, so, yeah. Right. Yeah, so some of them do. Yeah. The, yeah. Many of them do. They've been brainwashed. They've been, they've been and, told, and like told my, that the part. My heart goes out to them, but the Chinese government is China. And I don't I, I'm not sure how we're going to be able to get around that if we if we say I, and I look, you shouldn't be racist, obviously, that that's not. Right. But but the Chinese people tolerate their government. So so if you if you if you speak, hey, we should be compassionate for the Chinese people, then you're excusing the government. I'm not excusing the government at all. All right. It, look, if somebody says, oh, well, we can't boycott China because it's going to hurt the Chinese right, people that right. are working in the factories. To that, I, I call BS. That's uh, like, sorry, uh, they they've got a tyrannical government that is those people working in the factories are afraid to ask for higher wages because they'll get a bullet in the back of the head. Right. They are going to get uh, banned from being able to get on an airplane or a train because of the Chinese Communist Party social credit score system, where if you don't toe the line every single way, your kid won't get a school. You won't get an apartment, you know, right on down the line. So it's time for them to rise up and throw off the yoke of the communist tyranny. And until they do that, my sympathy is limited. Right. right? My sympathy is limited. So, so you, so you've summed it up well, because, and and that's my point is you can't really separate the Chinese people from the government because, because they are allowing the government and that's just the way it is. And so we can't afford sympathy because our sympathy Mm -hmm. empowers the government. It's like, it's like, well, I feel really sad for the girl because she's she um, because her mother's hooked on drugs. I feel really sad for her. So you give her money, and what does she do? She goes and gives it to her mother to buy drugs. Right. <laughs> you know. So so then, do you give the girl money? N- no. You learn your lesson, and you say, "Girl, you either got to get away from your mother who does drugs, 
or or you got to resolve it somehow. But I'm not giving you money so that you can go and give her money to do drugs. Like that's just not. And that's what we're. That's what we've been doing. And that's that's right. how we opened China. That's why we opened China because we thought, well, we'll just export some of our some of our fabulous capital capitalism over there. And then they'll they'll get a clue, and then and by the way, they did get a clue, and so they've used it, but it's still under the boot of communism. Right, right, right. They've used our capital, and they did not become more capitalistic. They well, they did. did. Not become- They're slightly more capitalistic. No, they are. I mean, they've they've yeah, they've grown yeah, their businesses, yeah. and but 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 it's it's still run by tyrants. So right, yeah, it didn't work, and that's why we have to boycott China. We have to stop sending them our money. They. Look, the Chinese Communist Party is a cancerous tumor on the world, and we have to cut off the blood supply to the tumor. And the money <laughs> we send them through our government, through Wall Street, yeah. funneling the, the retirement savings, through they're Harvard. getting ready to funnel the, of our military and our federal workers. They're getting ready to invest that in Chinese companies that are building weapons aimed at Americans. No. Yes, the no. thrift savings plan. Good heavens. We, we cannot let that happen. The thrift savings plan, TSP, is the 401k plan for all federal workers and for active duty military. The people overseeing that plan are now ready to offer the MSCI World Index. It's like an emerging markets index fund, right? Uh-huh. And, a, and 20% of that fund is invested in Chinese companies, including AVAC, which is a military contractor, a military contractor building weapons for the Communist Party of China. High K Vision, which makes the surveillance cameras used in the concentration camps in Western China, where they've locked up a million people and use them as forced labor to make Nike sneakers, Apple iPhones, everything else. These are the companies in this index fund that now, unless we stop it, we're going to have the retirement funds, the retirement savings of American military being invested in China. We've got to cut off this money. Stop feeding the communist beast okay. with Western money. Okay. Yeah. We're capitalists. We, we want limited government. Is this a government play? Like, like this is a, do we want the government to come in and regulate and say, you know what, we, American businesses need need not to be investing in China, and so we're going to prohibit it? What, it's called trading you- with the enemy. It's called trading with the enemy. Yes, we, uh, you, you definitely cannot be trading with the people who want to end free enterprise, because that's what the goal is. If you want to save free enterprise, you cannot be investing in a, uh, a force which wants to end free enterprise. It does Sorry, seem counterproductive. It that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's It's counterproductive. If if you want the person to get off drugs, you don't give them money to go buy drugs. That's just not how it works. This is the same. (laughs) But I do like your cancer uh, because, frankly, uh, socialism, leftism, communism, uh, progressivism, Marxism, what am I leaving out? Uh, It's it's all the same cancer. Totalitarianism. Yeah, totalitarianism. It's all the same cancer. And, That's right. And here's what's here's the problem. And as you know, we normalized relations with the Soviet Republic. We normalized relations. We then we then went and opened China. 
mm-hmm. because we because of our magnanimity and we just they That's just right. have a different way of doing things. No, they have the opposite way of doing things. And their way of doing things seeks to destroy our way of doing things. And the sooner that we recognize that, folks, the better off we will be. And and let's make this point, the better off they will be. That's right. That's right. The better off they will be. The better off they will be and the better off we will be. Look, they we were told it's a win-win. We, right. we bring China into the world. Right. They, win-win. Over there, they're thinking win-lose. We win, <laughs> you lose. And that's what Ronald Reagan said up up about the Soviet Union. Up till Reagan, everybody said, well, you know, the systems are going to converge and there's going to be this this detente and everybody's going to get together. And Reagan said, it's very simple. We win, they lose. Right. What's your strategy? And, <laughs> well, that, and also, exactly. you know, Ayn Rand, who came from Russia, uh, yes. she said in any compromise between good and evil, evil wins. And, and Reagan understood that. It's not a win-win. It's, it's no, we it's win, they win-win. lose, because if they win, we're gone. It's, it's, exactly. It's like, and that's the way they think. That's the way China thinks. That's the way the Communist Party thinks. And that's what they want. And they're using our money to affect that. And they're playing off our greed. They're telling these people on Wall Street, oh, yeah, you know, they pay them off a little bit. You, you can make mm-hmm. a couple million bucks this year and uh, let us list our companies on your stock exchange so we can suck in all the American money. And it, let me ask uh, you this. Look, can, can this be yeah. useful against Joe Biden? Because I mean, he, oh, absolutely! Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 Beijing Biden. This guy is so compromised. He's one of the ones who led the charge in 2000 to bring China into the World Trade Organization to give them normal trade relations. He said, "I can't imagine China will ever threaten American manufacturing. That's an economy the size of the Netherlands. Wow. Why? That's uh, he's hopeless, hopelessly compromised. He has as one of his advisors this." Sheila Baer, former FDIC chairman, she sits on the bank, on, pardon me, on the board of China's largest bank, the, uh, the Chinese Industrial Development Bank, which is financing the Chinese colonialist project, the Belt and Road Initiative, not to get too too into the weeds here. The Belt and she Road is- Initiative. No, let's talk about that for a minute. We've we got five minutes. Uh, we got five <laughs> minutes to cover this. So the Belt and Road Initiative is China reaching out into the world to, quote unquote, to help uh, developing nations develop infrastructure, right? Right. Building ports, building railroads, right. building dams, here's, building power plants. Here's where this plays in. They're decimated now because the world's shut down and they owe China tons of money. And what's right. China going to do? Are they going to forgive that debt? Mm-mm. What they're going to do is take over. That's right. They foreclose and they take over the port. They take over the railroad. They take over the land in these countries. And they're all strategically located. They have one right next to a military base, an American military base in Africa. They have one. They, they right. have. They so have here, one but in, here's the thing. Well, you know, we need to we need to be playing the long game. This is the tertiary uh, tertiary consequence, right? So, so we talked about the primary consequence. There's a secondary consequence. I'm calling this the tertiary because this is the one that nobody's nobody's even knowing about, barely, right? Except for you, maybe right. maybe a little bit me. Uh, but but this is something, you know. If China China purposely exported the virus, that that is un, un, unquestionable. They shut down Wuhan travel, but they the, the domestically, but they allowed international travel for three weeks. They purposely exported the virus. 
Maybe, maybe this is part of their plan. And so maybe part of our plan needs to be to prevent them from any ownership in these Belt and Road Initiative nations. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're exactly right, Sam. Uh, I hate that Tanzania, when that here's some good news. Good <laughs> okay. news. The president, the, <laughs> the president of Tanzania, you must have been talking to him because he <laughs> told China, uh, get out, get out, get out of Tanzania. I say get out of China.us. He says get out of Tanzania. He said we are not going to pay back this loan. We're not going to be involved in this loan, and we're not going to give China the port that they said and the land uh, on the port that they said they were going to build. The terms of this loan, whoever signed this must have been drunk. This is insane. Nobody would sign. So all over Africa, the Chinese are hated because they know that China is the new colonial power. And they had enough of colonialism in the last two centuries. They don't need a new colonial master now. That's how the Africans feel about China. Mm. And China's all over that continent. Mm. And they're trying to lock up the resources and everything else. And we have an opportunity, exactly as you said. We, the United States, has an opportunity to... Uh, be the champion of liberty and independence and have these countries be self-sufficient and stand on their own two feet and not be dependent on China. And uh, because China has been unmasked, they they played this virus, they whether they deliberately released it uh, out of a lab or something, we, we may never know. Uh, whether Dr. Fauci released it out of a lab. I, I say that I got a lot because somebody's going to pick this up and say, ah, Curtis Ellis is out there saying rah, 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 uh, conspiracy theory. No, <laughs> but the facts that we know is that when China discovered this was rampant in Wuhan, yeah. they arrested the doctors, they covered it up, they hushed up, they refused right. to share this, the information right. so we could prepare. Right. And then they, they vacuumed up all the supplies around the world right. so the world could not be prepared. Right. If they wanted to wreak havoc on the world, they would have done exactly what they did. Right. If well, they had right. intentionally... So, so that we if know. it looks like a duck and it smells like a duck, it's probably Chinese duck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Peking yeah, duck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Curtis Ellis, <laughs> it's great to speak with you. I'll be speaking with you later on the America's Voice program. Uh, and so, yeah. what... It's been too long. It's always great talking with you, Sam. Yeah, so it, it's I, been a pleasure. Let's give that website one last time. Get out of China.us. Go get your go get your stuff to display so people know where Boycott you stand. China. Boycott China. Get get a face mask that says Boycott China. I like that. We're actually. working on it. We're working on it. All right. Yeah. Hey, great <laughs> to have you on. We'll we'll speak later. All the best. Great. Thanks. Okay, so um, I want to play this for you. This is a doctor who is an immunologist, uh, an infectious disease expert, I should say, and he's talking about the hydroxychloroquine treatment that's been uh, that has been ruled um, ineffective. Listen, oh come on, play. No, it's not going to play for me. So annoying. Uh, okay, we're going to give this another shot, but I but I make no. Um, promises because he's being very difficult. We'll try again here. No, nope. <sighs> nope, it's an ad. Stop it. All right, so I can't play you it, but I will tell you what it says because um, the authors of the study would not answer questions. None of them saw a COVID patient, and they penned this this uh, quote-unquote expert study that hydroxychloroquine was ineffective, which of course is 
bullcrap because they've been using it for a while now very effectively. In fact, my understanding is that um, um, Austria has all but vanquished the disease. Uh, None of the guys who penned the study saw a COVID patient. They didn't even have any in the study. I mean, they're they're not even medical doctors for infectious disease. This is off of foxnews.com, obviously. Um, And so I just wanted to, to tell you that there are such nefarious elements out there that are ideologues. They are not interested in the truth. They're only interested in furthering an agenda. And my fear is it is the Cloward Piven agenda. And that is why I'm calling for the exact opposite. People need to get back to work and they need to, to if, if required, just civil disobedience. Do it calmly and quietly and follow the rules, but get back to work. Let's not shut this nation down any further. Let's get her back to health. All right, this is the Sam Sorbo Show. Thank you so much for listening on mojo50.com. Now go have a great rest of your day.